This is Love Foundation Christian Center Podcast, a place to find God's love. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. St. John chapter number one. Praise God. I mean, if you are glad again to be in the house of God, now you may be relieved. Praise God. When I look at them, I feel like singing. Praise God. But it's good. Singing is very powerful. It's one way to release your faith. It's one way to rejoice about your faith. It's one way to pull down walls, right? It's one way to, to, to win in life. Amen. Amen. And you know, uh, I have a lot to say this morning. But we are going to do the best we can. But you are better in church than in, you know, the wrong kind of place. You know, there are different kinds of prisons. Praise God. There's physical prison. There's health prison. Praise God. And we don't want to to be in any of those. And the answer is the word of God. Uh, I said I was going to do this on Friday. I I kind of skipped my mind, so I'm going to do it now. Elder Vicky, happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday. We are saying we love you. God be with you till the end of time. We are saying. And it's also also Brother Gene Rogers' birthday too. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. We are saying we love you. We love you, God be with you, until the end of time, we are saying, well done. All right, praise God. Are you in a hurry anywhere? No, you came to church, right? Uh, So we would spend a little time. Thank you, thank you. So we don't keep singing. (laughs) St. John chapter number one. Um, with everything going on out there, I want to encourage you to pray Psalm 91. Just put it up. Let's pray together before we go into the Word this morning. Psalm 91. Psalm 91, King James Version. Praise God. You know, I'm, I, I'm a king, so I use King James Version. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> now, we're going, to, we're going to pray it in a way that we are, we are praying it as a confession. So you're not going to be using he or they. You're going to be using I, me. And we're going to change some of those tenses, right? So we'll pray together. We're not in a hurry, so we're not going to rush it too fast. So you just go along with my pace. Because I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, you are my refuge, you are my fortress, My God, in you do I trust. Surely you deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. You cover me with thy feathers and under your wings shall I trust. Your truth is my shield and my buckler. I will not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flyeth by day. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. 
A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right side, but it shall not come nigh me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even though most high my habitation, there shall no evil before me, neither shall any plague come now my dwelling. For he has given his angels charge over me. They keep me in all my ways. They bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against a stone. I tread upon the lion and the elder, the young lion and the dragon do I trample on feet, my feet. Because I have set my love upon thee, therefore will thou deliver me and, and set me on high because I know your name. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> I call upon you and you answer me. And you be with me in trouble. You deliver me and you honor me. With long life, you satisfy me and show me your salvation. Come on, give me a lot of praise. Hallelujah. 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 That's the way to pray in this season, right? You don't pray, pray fear prayers, right? You declare God's word and you walk in that declaration. Sons of God. Part three, amen. This is somebody, I'm a child of God. And I'm a son of God. Amen. Let's read again St. John chapter number one. We're starting from verse one. Um, again, I'm going to try to recap a little bit, but because I have a lot, I think, uh, I don't know if I can go through all tonight. today. Of course, we can always continue. I would stop when the Holy Ghost helps me to stop. Amen. I like my brother, Brother Copeland. He says he has an alarm. So somebody asked him, how come you still preach up to three hours? He said, yeah, the alarm goes off to let me make sure I don't give you a short message. <laughs> Praise God. So the alarm tells him that you should keep going on this. You have not. So if he stops before the alarm, he has not preached well enough. So the alarm is not to stop him. It's to encourage him to continue. Praise God. Because when the alarm sounds, he just offs it and continues. Hallelujah. So, and if, if, we, if we fellowship with him, you can understand why our messages are sometimes a little lent. The Bible says, follow through those who what? Follow after those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I, I, I enjoy his ministry. How many of you enjoy the ministry of Ken Copeland? Yeah. Only the people on this side. How many of you enjoy the ministry of Ken? <laughs> yeah. It's not just the fact that he teaches and preaches very well. His lifestyle is an example. Marriage intact, still flowing in love after many years. That's a good testimony. That's rare sometimes now today. Finances intact. Has a private air strip in his ministry. He, he runs his own water. Doesn't depend on the government for water. Doesn't depend on the government for electricity. Doesn't depend on the government for anything. He can travel around the world right from his ministry. And he's one of the greatest givers. He was giving out, at the last time I counted, 14 airplanes as gifts to other people. Not cars, airplanes. Jets. Praise God. And he's still humble and teaches the word of God every day. And he is 80-something years old. And he does at least 30 press-ups on the go. 
80, over 83. Praise the Lord. So we're not just talking about financially strong. He's physically strong in his 80s. That's the kind of person you want to follow after. Something is working for him. Praise God. Yeah, the word is working for him. So we are not just talking about people who declare to be sons of God and then at, at, at 40, they are like, I'm old, I'm old. He's still, his itinerary is still stronger than many people who are in their 40s. Praise God. So, uh, St. John chapter number 1, let's start from verse 1. <clears throat> let's start from the beginning. In the beginning, praise God. <laughs> In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Don't the somebody say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Explain to the person. Say, that means everything begins from the Word of God. <coughs> Amen. So if you want to be healed, where do you begin from? If you want to be rich, where do you start from? The word of God. The word of God. You don't start from education. Where do you start from? The word. There are some people who can't spell jacuzzi and they have one. Praise God. So it's not education that guarantees financial success. It's the word of God. Amen. So if you want to walk in divine health, you start from the word of God. You can clean your hands with Tyrox and with uh, chlorine and, and, and stay in, 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 in a hidden place. Don't come out and still be sick. Right? Yeah, so that's not where it begins from. So thank God for some of those things. The Bible tells us to be clean. Uh, uncleanliness is the fruit of the flesh. It's the work of the flesh. So you should be clean, but don't depend on those things. Right? You have to depend on the word. If you don't have the word, no matter what you do externally, it doesn't amount to much. Because in the beginning was what? the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him, in him now, that's the word, which is God, was life. And the life was the light of man. Continue. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Now we've spent some time in this. I'm not going to go into the details, but we have explained that the Bible says that there is darkness in the world. In short, if you read uh, Matthew 24, one of the things Jesus began to teach them that in these last days, that some tough times will come. Amen. So we shouldn't be surprised. And one of the things he said will come in the last days is that there will be pestilence. Pestilence means sicknesses and diseases. He said there will be earthquakes. And there have been more earthquakes in the last 10 years than in the previous 100 years. In the last 10 years combined. It says that there will be roaring of the sea. We have talked about tsunamis and, and things that have happened in the last 10 years. So we know we are in the last days. We are not surprised. Amen. Amen. Are you surprised? No. Because the Bible says one of the things that will also happen in this last day. It said the hearts of people will fail because of the of fear of what's coming upon the earth. So uh, uh, people are dying of fear. Praise God. I know that um, it's been recorded that most of these things are as a result of the virus that is going on. But find it, you discover it's not the virus really that's killing them. There are other things that the virus is only bringing out. Praise God. 
And the Bible says one of the things that is destroying folks is fear. Fear. Fear is the underlying factor. Heart diseases come from fear. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. All right. Uh, some people don't look like they are convinced. Let me show you two scriptures. Pastor B mentioned it. But um, I will show it again. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter number 2. So if you refuse to fear, you cannot be infected. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2 verse 14. If you refuse to fear, you shall not be infested. That's a good quotation. Praise God. Those who are looking for quotation, put that down. Praise God. <laughs> if you refuse to fear, you shall not be infested. Amen. Right. Because the devil can only operate in an atmosphere of fear. The Bible says here, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he may destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, verse 15, next verse, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Who through the fear of death was all their lifetime subject to bondage. So the Bible says here, the reason people are subject to bondage is what? Through the fear, through fear, through fear of death. One more verse. Let's go to Isaiah 54. Now, this is not my message, so you can't count time for me now. I'm just giving you this for Isaiah 54, yeah. Praise God. This is actually the adults. We have not even gone to the appetite. <laughs> we serve a rich meal here, right? This when you go to a, a cheap restaurant, they just give you the main course on the table. Bam! Heavy, big, undigestible food. But if you go to some rich restaurant, they give you a doves first. Then they give you appetizer. Then they give you soup. Then you not eat the main meal. Then they give you the dessert on top of that. Hallelujah. When you are leaving, your face is smiling. Your, your stomach is not heavy, but you are happy. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Let's start from verse 11. Oh, thou afflicted, tossed, and tempest, and not comforted. Behold, I lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphire. Somebody say hallelujah. And I will make thy windows of our gate. So if your house is not decorated like this, you need a new house. And I will make thy windows with our gate, and the gates of Carbonco, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. Somebody say hallelujah. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be thy peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established, and thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come nigh thee. Amen. It shall, come, it shall not come near you. Somebody say hallelujah. But how shall you be far from terror? Because you shall not fear. You shall be far from oppression because you shall not fear. So you refuse to fear. Tell somebody, I refuse to fear. Say it again. I refuse to fear. So guard your heart this period. Fear comes by hearing and the hearing by the news. Right? Faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. So spend more time in the word of God. Listen, you can't spend more a lot of time listening to the news and not fear. It's deception. 
The Bible already tells us how it comes. So you want to stay away. I'm not saying be ignorant, but don't dwell on it. The Bible says if you abide in the secret place, if you stay in the word, you continue in the word. So you can hear that a little, but where do you abide? You stay in the word of God. You stay there. You stay there. Renew your mind. Pull down thoughts, imaginations, uh, and, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But these things, many times, they come to contend against what you believe God's word. So let's go back to St. John chapter number 1. So the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So we have gone to the beginning of divine health. Amen. We know how to be free from oppression. We refuse to fear. Verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. For in him was life, and the life was the light of men. 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So light and darkness, which one is more powerful? Light is always more powerful than darkness. Health and disease, which one is more powerful? Health. Poverty and prosperity, which one is more powerful? Which one, which one is more powerful? Prosperity is more powerful than poverty. So which one do you prefer, poverty or prosperity? Prosperity. Some people say, I don't believe this gospel of prosperity. You say, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it in you. You can see that you don't believe it. Yeah. And then after they say that on money, they go to work and they go and get money. Yeah. So everybody can do so with some more money, right? I said, right? Yeah. I've had people, ministers, like all this prosperity, all they want is your money. And after saying that, they say, Pastor, can you give me some money to go home? I'm like, if I don't believe what you say, I shouldn't believe. How would I get you some money to go home? <laughs> so they, they, they believe in prosperity. They are just, they are, some of them are ignorant. Some are deceived. Some are deluded. There are different levels. Praise God. Praise the Lord. But we are here to bring light. Revelation. So we are walking in holiness and prospering at the same time. You don't have to have one or the other. Amen. So let's continue. We have to move a little faster today um, because I believe there's a lot God wants us to download. Amen. Let's skip to verse 10. The Bible says, He was in the world and the world was made by him. So we're talking about the word of God, which is God. Uh, and the Bible says, He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. 11. He came into his own, and his own received him not. That word received is very important. Verse 11 again, he came into his own, and his own received him not. So the problem is that he came, and but they did not receive him. He came, but they did not receive him. Is it possible for somebody to come and you not receive the person? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people knock in your house. You look through the pinhole and just don't open the door. They came, right? But you did not receive them. So it's not everything that comes you must receive. Right? right? So it's possible for something to come to you and not receive it. Yes. It's possible for negative things to come and not receive it. Yes. It's also possible for positive things to come and not receive it. It's possible for the word of God to be preached and you hear it and not receive it. And this is very key because many people think because they have heard the word, they are living in faith. It's not true. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. But even though it cometh, what do you have to do? You have to receive, receive it. The very next verse, verse 13, verse 12. He said, but as many as what? Received him. Not those to whom he came. Not those who heard. 
But as many as what? Received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Next verse. Which were born not of, of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Somebody say hallelujah. So when you receive the word of God, you become born of God. You know, one of the miracles we see in scriptures is how Jesus was born. The Bible says that an angel appeared to Mary and said, you're going to have a son. So he looked and said, hey, wait a minute, I'm a virgin. I don't have a husband yet. And, and, and the angel said, we know that. But the Spirit of God will come upon you, and that which you will bear would not be by natural descent. It will be by the Spirit of God. And what did she say? He said, be it unto me according to your word. That's when she got pregnant. How did she get pregnant? She received the word. If somebody has, if she had said, ah, God forbid, please they come and start telling me that uh, I committed uh, fornication. I can't do that. Please look for somebody else. Do you think she would have received the seed? No. Even if the angel came and the angel spoke and they re she refused to receive the word, then she would not have received the seed. So the Bible says as many as what? Received him. And that's why somebody can't receive faith for you. People can lay hands on you, pour oil, even a gallon of oil, pray, cry through the night. But oftentimes until you receive it, you can't become what the scripture says you ought to become. Now just put your finger there. Let's look at uh, the same thing uh, re-reiterated re in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 4 verse 1. Hebrews chapter number 4. So when we're talking about becoming sons, it's not just enough to hear it. You can hear it in church and still not receive it. You go back and talk and live and think and act like someone who is not a believer and then you will not receive the manifestation of sons. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter number 4, Let us therefore also fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. He's talking to people who have been hearing the word. He said, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Somebody say hallelujah. So the message was preached to some, but it just didn't profit them. They heard it. They heard the sound. They heard the pastor preach. Some of them even said, preach it. Some of them were like, that was a good message. Pastor, your message today was powerful. Bam! Bam! <laughs> but then they did not change. Nothing changed inside. They, they liked the sounding of the word. They even agreed that it is true. But they did not receive it for themselves. They did not accept it as their own status. They did not receive it. But we are receiving the word this morning. We are receiving the word. We are receiving. Listen, if you receive the word, you cannot be oppressed. Say a big amen. Not with sickness or any other. You cannot be. You cannot be. It's not possible. The Bible says it will not come near you because you shall not fear. The love of God, the word of God will drive out fear if you receive the word. 
to drive out fear. And you will begin to operate in a degree, a level above sickness and disease. Somebody say amen. amen. So we began to talk about what it means to be the sons of God uh, a couple of weeks now. And one of the first things we declared is that for you to be a child of God, you have to be born of the Spirit of God. I know this is supposed to be common and easy and everyday language, but we have to keep reminding ourselves that we are not ordinary human beings. Amen. That you are not born of natural descent. I've had people trying to trace their origin to, to Hebrew heritage. It's futile. The Bible says you are not a Jew just because you are born naturally. You have to be born by the Spirit of God. Now let's look at St. John chapter number 3. Since you are already in St. John, uh, one finger is there. Just move a few verses and you will see chapter number 3. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 1, there was a man called of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jew. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with thee. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again. Some translation says, except a man be born from above. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man is born of water, which is talking about the word, and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. The wind bloweth which where it listeth, and thou heareth the sound thereof, but cannot tell whether it cometh, and where whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. Is so is everyone that is born of the spirit. Somebody say hallelujah. So you have to be born of the spirit. It's not just enough to go to church. Praise God. It's not enough to be baptized. That's not the same thing as being born of the spirit. It's not enough to be confirmed. It's not enough to serve in an activity group. You must be born from above. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter number one. I'm going to show you a number of scriptures. You want to write it down if you can. Let's start from verse 18. First Peter chapter number one. He said, for as much as you knew that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamp without blemish and without spot. So you were redeemed by the blood of Christ. 20, for verily, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you. So this was not something that just happened just 2,000 years ago. The Bible said before the foundation of the world, God planned this to happen. Amen. 21. Who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and your hope might be in God. 22. Seeing that, you, you, that ye purify your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Amen. Amen. And that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Somebody say hallelujah. You're supposed to love how? 
fervently from a pure heart. 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So the Bible says you are born of incorruptible seed. If you are born of incorruptible seed, what kind of child is it going to produce? An incorruptible child. What does it mean to corrupt? It means to spoil. It means to destroy. So if you are born of God, you are indestructible. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are born of an incorruptible seed. You're born of an indestructible seed. And I know that many times when you go to church, people keep talking about, you know, we are all ordinary human beings. We're all going to pass away someday. We are all getting old. We are all getting, you know, this is our end. That's not the Bible. That's not the gospel. All right. Let's look at St. John chapter number 8. You know, you guys have heard me say this over and over again. Some people who are watching online may not have, but most of you here have. Amen. St. John chapter number 8. Let's go there. Let's look at some more verses of scripture. Hallelujah. And I, you want to begin to establish this because there's so much of it out there that sometimes when we hear it in church and then we go out and hear the other part over and over again with so many people saying it, the tendency is that you begin to oscillate. One day you say, I'm, I'm, I'm incorruptible. I will not die. I'm going to live eternally. And then you hear another minister say, you know, we're all ordinary human beings. One day with God is like a thousand years. So you only have a few seconds on the earth. And so get ready because you are about to die. And then you now, you now begin to wonder. All right. St. John chapter number 8. Praise God. Am I too much in a hurry? Let me slow down. <laughs> One of the first points we mentioned is that we are sons of God. The second thing we began to mention is where I want to start from this morning. Is the fact that if you're a son of God, then there should be some manifestations. Amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, it's easy to say all the time, we are born again. We are sons of God. We are members of Christ. We are new creations. But there are supposed to be proofs. If you are a son of God, it means you are not an ordinary man. And if you are living and suffering like ordinary men, then there is a problem. It's either the word of God is not true or there's something wrong with the picture. We read Psalm 82. It says, I said you are all sons of God. It means you are God. He said, but you die like men, men. He said, something is out of place. The whole world is in darkness. Things are out of course. So ideally, sons of God are not supposed to suffer like men, men. Somebody say hallelujah. If you read the Old Testament, when the Bible was even talking about sons of God in an area, he was talking about angels, which are lower than we are because they use them as sons of God sometimes. But the Bible says when they came in and had children, he said they had giants. They were not ordinary folks. Ten feet tall, like Goliath. Because you are, you are supposed to, there's supposed to be something different about you when you are born again. You cannot live like everybody else, contact what everybody else is contacting or, 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 or catching. You are supposed to operate in an incorruptible life. But because many times we don't see that, the tendency is that people think, well, this is just spiritual. 
You know, we are born again spiritually. We are ordinary humans naturally. When we leave this world, then we will become sons of God. That's not true. Put your finger in chapter number 8 of, 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 of St. John. Let's go to 1 John. These are things we've read before, but you need to hear it again. 1 John chapter number 3. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. And one of the first things that begins to determine the fact that you are a child of God is that you begin to live a holy life. Now, this has not been preached much, but God has been pressed, putting in my heart to teach this more. And that's what power over sin is really about, the book I'm working on. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not just about trying to, 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 to get people to begin to get conscious of sin. No, there is an ability that is given to believers when you are born again to live beyond the oppression of sin. And if the church doesn't get this, we will not be manifested as sons of God like we should because there are laws that operate in the spirit realm. The Bible said that there is a law of sin and death and there is a law of life in Christ Jesus. If you continue in the law of sin, what's going to happen? Death! There's going to be destruction. There's going to be decay. And if you want to operate in the law of eternal life, you have to be separated from the law of sin and death. This is how many people think. They want to operate in eternal life, but they don't want to be separated from sin yet. They want to skip the law of sin into the law of eternal life. The way you are going to be separated from the law of sin and death is that you are going to be separated from sin and from death, not just one. And what most of the church has been taught is that you cannot live without sin. If you have been taught that you cannot live without sin, you have also been taught that you cannot live without death because sin and death go together. But Jesus Christ came not only to overcome death, but to overcome sin for the believer. And if you can understand that you have been delivered from the power of sin, then you can understand that you have been delivered from the power of death. And death is not just physical death. Coronavirus is death. It's a spirit of death. And the reason why it is being perpetuated is because of sin. And if the people will come out of sin and sin consciousness and will not fear, no virus, no bacteria, no destruction can destroy where there is no sin. Because sin is the result that produces death. And so we have to deal with sin if we are going to deal with death. All right. First John chapter number three. Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. We know we sing this song all the time. Beloved, behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. But we're not singing today. Let's read it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, but behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed unto us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world does not know us. Tell somebody, say, the world does not know me. They are always trying to understand me. Ask them somebody. They are always, they're always so trying to understand. You know, no one has said to Jesus, what manner of man is this? They couldn't understand. Where are you from? Where are you from? Asking, where is this man from? Is it not, is it not Joseph's son? How can he talk like that? 
Why? Because they did not know him. They did not understand that he was not born of just the will of man. He was not born of the will of the flesh. He was born by the word of God. Somebody received the word of God and gave birth to a holy thing that was separated from sin and was incorruptible in this world. And he was an expression of the Son of God. And the Bible says if you are born again, you are just like him and the world does not know you. So don't let the world put you into his mold. That means that every statistic that has been calculated in this world does not consign you because you are not part of those statistics. You are from another kingdom. You are from another species. You cannot include yourself in the normal statistics of this world because you are born from above. You are born by incorruptible seed. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. You're not an ordinary man. You are a child of the Most High God. Let's continue. Verse 2. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. When are we the sons of God? I want to hear it louder. When? What does now mean? Today. I said right now. Is it what is going to happen? No. Now we're the sons of God. Are you the son of God today? Yes. So can you demonstrate sonship today? Yes. All right. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And do it not yet appear what we shall be. So people have not seen the manifestations yet. But we know that when he shall appear, Jesus is revealed. He said, We shall be like him, for we shall see him at his ease. Look at verse 3. And every man that has this hope in him. Is it, when you say every man, what does that mean? Everybody that has this revelation, this everybody who understands that they are born again and that the world does not know them and that as they are seeing Jesus, they are being changed. The Bible says everyone, not some, that has this hope, what happens to them? They purify themselves even as he is pure. That means if someone is not purifying himself, what does that mean? He does not have this hope. He sees himself as an ordinary man and he would die like an ordinary man. Everyone that has this hope begins to change. Let's look at how he changes. It goes further to give you details. Whosoever committed sin transgressed also the law. For sin is a transgression of the law. And we know that he was manifest to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Whosoever abided in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth had not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth the word do it means what? To practice, to do. Who that he that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Nine. Whosoever is born of God, doeth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Ten, 
In this, this is New Testament. Is this New Testament? Yes. Did I say we should open to Isaiah or Jeremiah? Was this First John? Okay, we are in New Testament. Praise God. This is Apostle John. Hallelujah. The one who wrote Revelations. He understood Christ. The Bible says, in this, in what? In this what? <laughs> in the manifestation of righteousness that produces holiness are the sons of God determined. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth righteousness, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So turn to someone. How do we know if somebody is a child of God? How, do we, how does he manifest it? The Bible gives us two things here. He has to do what? Righteousness. And two, he has to. He has to. So somebody who doesn't walk righteousness and doesn't love. It's not born again. It's not a child of God. Now, we, we may look like, oh, you know, no grace. In the Bible says he's not. Now, when someone is born again, we don't see it because he's in the spirit realm. But there is a manifestation of the sons that makes us know whether the person is born again. When somebody gets filled with the Holy Ghost, it happens in the spirit. We can see it, but there is a manifestation in the external that can help us determine whether the person is filled with the Holy Ghost. And what is that manifestation of to somebody to be filled? Is that he begins to pray in tongues. Now, it's possible for somebody to be filled with the Holy Ghost and keep his mouth shut, and he doesn't pray in tongues. We, don't, we just can't tell that he's filled with the Holy Ghost because he doesn't pray in tongues. Now, he can tell people he's filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no evidence, and so there's no evidence it's possible he's not filled, and he thinks he's filled. So, but if we want to know that he's filled, there has to be one manifestation, and that manifestation Manifestation has to be what? Am I speaking too fast? <laughs> now nah, there's so much to say. I need to get this out. <laughs> so the Bible tells us there is a manifestation of sonship. Now, if somebody says a child of God, you cannot know it. But there are just manifestations of sons of God. And two, the Bible tells you one, he begins to live a righteous and holy life. And then two, he begins to walk. In love. St. John chapter number 8. Muska here the appears. So much verses, but listen, what I'm teaching you will keep you out of coronavirus. The Bible says that if you walk in love, he said the evil one touched him. No, you, you are untouchable when you are walking in righteousness and holiness. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, he said, if you will diligently hearken to the word of God, he said, none of these diseases shall come nigh you. Because these diseases are coming on the Egyptians because they refuse to walk in God's word. It's not, a, it's not by chance. But many Christians act like Egyptians. No, I'm not against Egypt nation. I'm talking about scriptural Egyptians. Talking about the world. And then they are wondering why the same things. Are happening to them. St. John chapter number 8. Let's start from verse 30. Wow. All right. I'm going to stop when I can, but let's just hurry, hurry, hurry. The Bible says here, and he spake these words, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, tell somebody continue in the word. Say, so you don't just visit the word of God. You don't just listen to it on Sunday. And then skip Bible study on, on Wednesday. 
Say, you have to continue. Say it again. You have to continue. Somebody say, hallelujah. That same word continues, the same word that is transferred to abide. It means when you leave church, you are playing it in your radio, in your, in your iPod. You know, we are now on a podcast. Somebody say, hallelujah. We are now on Spotify too. So, so you don't have any excuse. And it's absolutely free. And many good messages there too, right? And we are loading about a thousand message in a, messages in a short time. We are going to put all of it from 20 years ago. Somebody say, Hallelujah. So you can go back and listen to messages. Right? Yeah. And there are many good ministers out there. So there is no reason in this new, new, new season why you cannot continue in the word. Listen, in the days of the apostles, it may have even, they may have even had an excuse because not too many people had the revelation. They couldn't get the scriptures like we do now. They had to wait for somebody to go read it. They had no asset to the Bible. But in this new covenant, God has made it available to us in different translations and anointed ministers to bring it to us. So now we can actually continue in the word of God. Play it on your way to work. Play it on your way back. When you are in the gym, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are losing physical weight and you are losing spiritual baggages too. You come out spiritually trained, muscular when you come out. The Bible says physical exercise profited little, but spiritual exercise profits in all things. So you can get both at the same time. When you are cooking, you are playing the word of God. Right? You stay in the word. You meditate. That's how to receive the word. Because when you keep hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, it eventually settles in your heart. When you just hear it once, then you hear, uh, uh, you, you hear CNN seven times, and you hear ABC ten times, and you hear them repeating the same thing over and over and over again. It's, if you hear the word just twice, and you hear the other one three hundred times, which one do you think is going to sink more? And some people are wondering, why? Why are we afraid? The reason why you are afraid, you have spent more time in listening to the news than you have listened to good news. So just change it. Spend more time. Okay, Jesus said here. All right, verse 30 again. And he spake these words, and many believed on him, 31. And then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then... And ye my disciples indeed. If you continue. These are the people who believed on him. He was not just talking to everybody. He said, verse 30. And he spake these words to, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to the Jews, which believed on him. So they already believed. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So it's not enough to just hear and say, I believe. What do you have to do? You have to continue. You have to stay there. You have to stay there. You can't keep going back and forth, changing your mind like shifting shadows. He said, if you continue my, in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Verse 32. He said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So he's telling them, it's not enough for you to just hear the word casually. You have to stay there. I know you are a believer. You come to church. But that's still not enough. You're going to have to continue. It's when you continue, when you keep listening to it and give yourself to it. He said, then are ye my disciples indeed. Then you will know the truth. The revelation of the truth will come to you. And the truth 
shall make you free of every kind of virus. Somebody say hallelujah. And diseases and weaknesses and poverty. The truth shall set you free from lack. Right? The truth is that you are rich. If you are a son of God, all things are yours. You know, we declare, earth is my mind. I can do all things through Christ. It's true that, that strengthens me until things really have to be done. It's not enough just to say so without knowing so. And the Bible says if you continue in the word, then you will know it. There will be a revelation. But let's move further because there's some places I want us to get to today quickly. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 33, then they answered him, we be Abraham's seed. These are people who understood the old covenant grace. Amen. We are sons of Abraham. And we are never in bondage to any man. How seest thou ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, verily I say unto you, whoever committed sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my words have no place in you. We started by saying you have to receive the word of God. Their actions did not correspond with children of Abraham because the word of God had not settled in. 38, I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that have told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We, we have one father, God. <laughs> Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came forth from God. Neither came I of myself because he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my words. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of this. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Now, what was the proof Jesus Christ said here that they were not sons of God? Because they were what? Living in sin. He said you are not the children. They claim the old covenant. But Jesus said no. If you, if you were really operating in that covenant, you will act like Abraham did. He said you are not the children of Abraham. And they thought they were. They thought they were under the old covenant. He said if you were the sons of Abraham, you will do the works of your father. He said they were of the devil. Because they did the works of Satan. One of the proof of sons of God is to do the works of God. If you say you are a child of God and you keep doing the works of Satan, Jesus is very clear. Don't be deceived. 
The works of your father you do. People are quiet in this church. I'm going to preach it anyhow. I'm trying to help some people. Because some people are deceived. These people were. They were claiming sonship. But Jesus said, no, it's not just because you said so. You have to. There is a proof. And the proof is in how you are operating. Let's continue. This one is heavy for some. Let's shake it off quickly. Praise God. What verse did you stop? Verse what? 45. It says, And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinced me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not a God. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not where that you are a Samaritan and have the devil. Now they began to curse him out. <laughs> you are calling out the devil. You are the devil. <laughs> 49. Jesus answered, I have not the devil, but I honor my father, and you do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory, which is one that there's one that seeketh and judgeth. Very, very I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. What? Where did that one jump from sin to never seeing death? Because he's saying the same thing. If you hear the word of God and you keep the word of God in your heart, then you will begin to do the right things. And if you start living the right way, then you will be free from death because there is a law of sin and death. Jesus came to deliver us from death by delivering us from sin because it is sin that produces death. And so if you want to be free from death, you have to start by what? Come on, preach to me. Being free from sin. If you think you can never be free from sin, you have already declared that you can never be free from sickness and disease and death. Romans chapter number 6. Romans chapter number 6. Romans six are you there? Verse 1. If you understand this, sin shall not have dominion over you. And neither shall sickness nor disease. Because sickness, disease, poverty, and death, they follow sin. So righteousness and righteousness consciousness is the way to eternal life. What people have, they have, they have almost removed the word holiness. From the church. But the Bible says without holiness, no one can see God. The, if Grace is supposed to help us to live holy lives, not to exempt us from holiness. That's a good quotation too. Verse 1, Romans 6. I'm running through a lot of scriptures, but I'm going to run off very soon. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of you that were baptized unto Christ, we are baptized unto his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been planted together in the, in, in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6. The Bible says, knowing this, that your old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. So the first thing that happens when somebody is getting born again is that you have to die with Christ first. And the dying with Christ first is to free you from the body and the body of sin. Which means that your natural body is no longer a sinful body. Your body is the temple of the living God. Stop blaming sin on your body. Redemption includes your body. Somebody say hallelujah. So when the Bible is talking about the flesh, it's not talking about just the human body. It's talking about a mindset. That is not renewed. That refuses to receive the word. The one that resists the word of God. That says, I know the Bible says, but that is the carnal mind. That is the flesh. The one who receives the word of God gives him power to become the sons of God. Verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Verse 8. Now, if ye be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So, for you to live with him, what do you have to do first? You have to die with him first. So, want to skip the death and just jump to resurrection. The Bible says, if you, if you identify with him in his death, then you will also identify with him in his resurrection. Does that mean you should die physically? No. It means that you need to give your life to him as someone who actually died. Your passions, your will, your emotions, you give it to him and receive a new life as someone who was raised from the dead. Let's read it. It's right here. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ being dead, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over him. Hallelujah. That means that if you can come to the revelation that you died with Christ, what Jesus was saying in St. John chapter 8, that you will never die becomes fulfilled. If you don't see yourself that you died with Christ, that means there is still a death in your future. But if you can identify with his death, the Bible says he's appointed for man once to die. And if Jesus died for you and you died with him, you cannot die anymore. The problem is not trying to attain to his resurrection. The first problem is to identify with his death. When he died, Easter is coming. People are looking at the cross. It was not Jesus that died. You died. It is your barrier. You were buried. And on the third day, you rose up. Somebody say, hallelujah. And now you are free from sin and death. Because the man who is dead is free from sin. If you are still born to sin, it means that you don't believe that you have died. Because if you believe that you died with him, the Bible says anyone who is dead is freed from sin. So if you are still saying we are all ordinary, we sin sometimes, it means you have not gotten a revelation of the fact that you died with him. Let's go back. Verse 7 again. For he that is dead 
is freed from sin. Let me ask you, how many of you died with Christ? How many of you died with Christ? How many of you are free from sin? I mean like free from sin. I said, how many of you are free from sin? The Bible says, if you died with Christ, it says you are free from sin. So how many of you are free from sin again? Okay, let me put it. Let me ask it the other way, the way they ask it in the world. How many of us are sinners? Okay, let me put it the way. How many of you cannot sin? You know you cannot sin. No, I'm still confused. I'm still worried. We keep working on this. We just read in First John, he that is born of God cannot sin. Because the seed of God, I, I know 99.99% of the church does not preach this, does not know this. The Bible says there are things that have been hidden for past generations that's been revealed in these last days. For the glory of God to be seen in the church, everything that God has hidden must come to light. And that's why we are the light of God. It's written there, but people just can see it. That's why we need the Holy Ghost to open our eyes. If you died with him, then you are free from sin. And if you are freed from sin, where can death come from? The Bible said the wages of sin is death. All of these problems come because of sin. So Jesus is not trying to deal with this little, little problem. Oh, heal me. Oh, Lord God, just help my, help my finances. What you need to be is freed from sin. Once you are freed from sin, all the impact of sin can no longer come upon your life. You're no longer afraid. Somebody say, hallelujah! You cannot be afraid when you are free from sin. Because if the evil one has nothing in you. Nothing. Nothing. It has nothing in you. Because the Bible says if you sin, you are submitting yourself to the devil. Let's read it. Let's read it. It's right there. Don't take my word for it. Take the Bible for it. Verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. In that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise. What do you mean likewise? In the same way, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. But a life unto God through Christ Jesus. Therefore, let not sin reign, therefore, in your mortal bodies, that you should obey it in the lost thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself as alive from the dead, and as your members as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. 17. But God be thanked that when we were servants of sin, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which is delivered unto you by your pastor. 18. Being then made free, nor added by your pastor. Hallelujah. But it's true. The form of doctrine means the, the system of teaching and under an organized message from the word of God. He said, if you obey it, he said you will be free from sin. Somebody say, Hallelujah. 18. Being then, because you have understood that message and you have walked in it, he said, which was delivered unto you, verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness. 
So how do you receive deliverance from sin? By receiving the word, believing it, reckoning to yourself that you died with Christ. Verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members as servants unto uncleanliness and to iniquity, you unto iniquity, even so now, yield your members as servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things which ye are now ashamed of? For the end of those things is death. But now being free from sin. Tell somebody, say, I'm free from sin. Say it like you mean. Say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Listen to this. He said, but now being free. Now, not tomorrow. Not when we get to heaven. But now being free from sin, we have become the servants. Uh, become servants to God. Yea, have your... Ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end, therefore, is everlasting life. I, I, I need to just give this formula to you. 23, for the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Now, this is what people think. When you are born again, you are born, then you receive eternal life, and, and that's it. But the Bible is making us see here, is that when you are born again, there is a, there is a, if you break down the equation, you discover that being born again is equal to being free from sin, imparting in righteousness that leads to holiness, that equates to eternal life. Let me break it down again. <laughs> you know, we, we have said that salvation is being born again equal eternal life. Now, that's the summary of it. But if you look at this verse, what he's saying is that salvation is equal to deliverance from sin, impartation of righteousness, which produces holiness, which equates to eternal life. So eternal life, which is the life of God, is as a result of being freed from sin, the impartation of righteousness, which produces holiness, and then that is eternal life. Because you have to be free from sin and live like God to be, have eternal life. The word eternal life is the life of God. And there is no sin in it. Whew. Hey, hallelujah. You know, that's not my message. My message today was walking in love. <laughs> this was his last week's message. I couldn't get to you know, I will mention it because we have been, you know, when we talk about holiness, people really get it all misconstrued. They think holiness is to dress old, wear tattered rag. Then we have been told that you have to be like Mother Teresa. You lay down with the leopards. Uh, we have been told that for you to be holy, you have to hide in a monk, monastery, a monastery. You don't have, you don't come out. You don't watch television. Uh, you and people have people have these weird ideas about holiness. And because of that, people have almost removed holiness from their skin. They don't talk about it. But real holiness in the scripture, if you look at the word holiness, it means to be separated from the sin and the destruction and the system of this world so that you can serve God the way God wants you to be. Let me tell you, sickness is unholiness. Anything that is contrary to the way God operates is unholiness. 
Righteousness is the relationship we have with God. Holiness is acting out that relationship, producing the fruit of righteousness. If you have a relationship with God and you walk with God, you are sons of God, you are, you are righteous. But the way we can tell you are righteous is by holiness. It's not the holiness that, that, that you use to be righteous. It's the righteousness that produces the holiness. Some people say, well, I'm just going to try to do all these things right. That's not the point. The Bible says you have to receive, first of all, the word. We said, where does it start from? The, in the beginning was the word. He said, because you have received this form of doctrine. So what happens is revelation first. You have to see yourself. The Bible says, he that has this hope in himself purifies himself as he is pure. So it is the washing of water by the word that cleanses us and makes us begin to walk in holiness. But holiness is not what many people think. Holiness is operating in the quality of life that God is. It's to be separated from the world. Let me tell you holiness. Coronavirus is affecting anybody, but you are separate. That's holiness. You are, you are separated. It does not affect you. That's being separated because there is an anointing upon you. That's holiness. And you are, you are not separated to serve God. People look at you and say, what? how come you don't catch these kind of things? That means that you are giving glory to God because you are separated from the destruction that is coming upon the world. But the Bible said righteousness, having a relationship with God, is supposed to produce sanctification, which is the same word as holiness, translated holiness sometimes, which means separation from the world. And that is one of the manifestations of sons of God. Let's look at, we read this before, Romans 1. I'll begin to round up after this, and then I'll just mention love. We can continue some time. Romans chapter number 1. Are you there? Yes. Come on, sound like you are with me. I said, are you there? Yes. Are you with me, church? Yes. All right. Romans chapter number 1. said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Two which he had promised afore by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, before, and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. He was declared to be the son of God. He was manifested. The way we tell he's the son of God was the resurrection of the dead by the spirit of holiness. No sin was found in him. Somebody say hallelujah. And he came to destroy sin. Holiness, another definition for holiness is walking in love. Because the opposite of holiness is selfishness. Is doing things in the flesh. In short, the best definition is of holiness is walking in love. So if you are be the son of God, you're going to have to walk in love. The Bible says we know we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Not because we have a big Dick's Bible. It's not even because we have faith that move mountains. 1 Corinthians 13 says, even if you have faith and you tell a mountain move and it skips, 
You see, and you speak in tongues of men and of angels. So people who don't believe there are tongues of angels, that scripture is very clear. There are tongues of men and tongues of angels. Somebody say hallelujah. And it's not every tongue you can understand. So there's a tongue that you can understand. There's a tongue that you can understand. When the Bible says tongues of men, it means that you can speak in tongues and be speaking in, 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 in Russian language. You can be speaking in an African language. People would not be around to hear you. But somebody, if they were from that place, they would hear you. Someone said, people are speaking in tongues, nobody understands because we don't have everybody around the world there. In Acts chapter 2, when they were speaking in tongues, people came from all over the world. If all the people that were there were Jewish and they were hearing them speaking in tongues, they would think nobody understands what they're saying. But they had a convention, people came from all over the world and then they were hearing people speaking their language. If we have a convention, everybody comes around the world and we're speaking in tongues, we're going to have people hearing us what language we are speaking because some people will be speaking in tongues of men and some will be speaking in tongues of ages. So we have convention where everybody comes from around the world and you're speaking in tongues nobody hears you. Don't think nobody understands the language you're saying because the language you are speaking, many of them may be from somewhere around the world just that the person is not there to say you are speaking their own language. Did you get what I said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! You can buy the tape and slow it down. <laughs> they see. <laughs> you are walking in the speed of life. Amen. I agree with you. That's better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, so he said, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have love, not love, he said, I am nothing. Meaning that you have not even started. You can't declare you are a son of God without love. I read this last chapter, you know, there's so much more. This is where I'm supposed to have started from, but we can't go back there to establish deliverance from sins. Matthew chapter number 7. Hallelujah. If you walk like this, you don't fear nothing. nothing Hallelujah. The Bible says perfect love will drive out. You don't try to say, I'm not going to be afraid. Once you are walking in love, fear has no place. It's selfishness that is producing fear. When you steal from somebody, you're afraid of police. If you don't steal, you, don't, you are not afraid of police. If somebody's coming and say, police is coming. It's because he did something wrong. How can you be walking in the street and afraid of police? Praise God. Somebody said, I know some of these people are racist. I know, but if you are anointed, favor surrounds you as a shield. They don't see your color, they see your anointing. And we have to teach people these things. Because if you depend on the flesh, the Bible says you die. You walk like ordinary men. If police don't catch you, coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I say, is it because is it because you are green or blue, blue that coronavirus is coming? The devil is out to kill, to steal, and to destroy. It doesn't matter which way it's coming. You need to be separated from the every avenue of the enemy. And the Bible tells us that if you if you walk in love, that you will be free from sin. If you are perfected in love, if you are grown in love, sin will have no power. Fear will have no power. And if there is no fear. The devil has no place for oppression. The Bible says if you come to church, something, someone offended you, stop instead of shouting and praying. Go and reconcile first. That has more impact. Because you have opened the door, a portal for the enemy. People are saying, oh, you know, you have to drink this, you don't drink this, eat vegetables. The Bible says it's not what you eat. He say it's what is coming out. That cause what? That sharp tongue is what is affecting your head. That sharp tongue. 
You can you can count your calories and your mouth is sharp. You will not it will not change it. Bible says some people's tongue are like poisons. And they are praying to nothing is changing. Because faith works by love. Matthew chapter number seven. I'm gonna to have to round up. Some people don't love, they can't even start by loving their spouses. The things that they do to their spouses, the Bible says you can't even do it to an enemy. You can't even curse your enemy. You can't, you can't use your tongue against them. I wonder why, why? All this prayer. Matthew chapter number 7. You know, my, my idea today is not just for you to hear the word. It's to receive the word. You heard these things. We have heard them. But we have to receive it. Because it, it, there's a risk if you don't receive it. You think because you heard it that you are doing, you, 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 are, you are protected. It's not the ones who hear it. The one who receives it and changes. And to receive it means to make your mind. That's it. I'm not going back there anymore. I'm free from that thing. I died with Christ. That stubbornness is gone. Where does I say you should go? Matthew 7. We won't have time for 7. Let's just go to 5. So that we can round this up. Hallelujah. Let's just start from 38. Are you there? He said, you have heard in the, he said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know, when we read these things, it looks so King James, an eye for an eye, a tooth. And you think, oh, nobody came to punch on my eye, so I don't need to punch on somebody else. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if you have a revenge mentality, the way he treats me, I must treat him back. I must treat her back. That's what he's saying. If your actions is based on what somebody else is doing, he says you are operating outside love. You can't treat people the way they treat you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. What verse are we? 39. But I say unto you, resist not evil, talking about an evil person, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Some people read this, they have never thought on how to practice it. They have never received this word. And if any man sue thee in the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Instead, believers would rather sue other believers. Prove to them that they are wrong. And take their cloak and their coat too. 41. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give unto him that accept thee, and from him that will borrow of thee, turn not thou away. 43. You have heard it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. 
But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you and do good for them that hate you. You know, if you read earlier, he said to them, he said, he said your, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. So the new covenant is not giving an opportunity for people to live less. It's to live better, the better lifestyle. The things that they could not do in the old covenant, we are empowered to do in the new. This is better than taking a shot and in a collision against virus. This is, this is a bigger shot. Verse 10, 43. Ye have heard, it has been said in the old covenant, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. So if the person curses you, does that give you an opportunity now to revenge? What should you do? An opportunity to bless them. Do good to them that hate you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despisefully use you. I don't know if anything anybody else has done to you that does not fit into some of these verses. Did they hate you? Did they despisefully use you? Did they curse you? What did the Bible say you should respond? How? Love them. Verse 45. No, where did we stop? Yes, 45 now. That ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. No, we say we are sons of God. If you are sons of God, you are supposed to act like God. The way we treat people, if you were God, a house, rain will be falling. The next house, no rain for three years. Sun will not... No, we are saying we are sons of God. We treat people that way. We don't understand. If we were really operating like God, how will the earth be? If you can't handle your next door neighbor, your friend, your family, your, your, your spouse, your children... Because they said an unkind word. What about those who said, There is no God! There is God. Let him kill me now and go to their job. And the Bible says, This is how you know that you are sons of God. When you begin to walk in love. 46. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. If you salute those, if you call phone call, those who call you <laughs> only that nobody calls me. I'm not going to call anybody anymore. What do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. 48. One verse hardly ever preached. Be ye therefore Perfect. You don't say nobody's perfect. Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect. So, okay, well, the perfection the Bible is talking about is not the God kind. Read the rest part. Even as your Father which is in heaven. And when he's talking about perfection, what is he talking about here? Love. 
Bible says love is the bond of perfectness. It's love. Very first John, for he that loveth not does not know God. For God is love. This is not just a joke. And if you read that same chapter, verse John 4, it says, and if, if you keep yourself in the love of God, it says the evil one will not touch you. It's, it's, it's the greatest. In Ephesians 3, it says you ought to be rooted and grounded in love and grow unto him in all things. If you are going to overcome evil, how do you do it? You have to overcome it with good, with kindness. Somebody selfish to you, drown his selfishness with kindness. <laughs> Somebody is cursing you, bless them, their socks off. Drown the animosity with goodness. That is the son. This is a son. That is the manifestation of sons. An eye for an eye, and you are in the old covenant. These are not sons of God. And we wonder where are the manifestations of the sons. We are going to have to start. From walking in love. Just bow your head. Close your eyes. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I'm told that the, the president of this nation declared today a day of prayer concerning the coronavirus. We need presidents that do that. Amen. So we are going to respond. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray for this nation. He says that the nation needs the help of God. And we are the ones that are custodians of the word of God. So we have a direct line to the Father. If they call for help, it's time for us to pray. So join your faith with me as with other Christians. Let's pray concerning this nation. Let's, let's come before the Lord and ask that even those who are not saved will be exempt from this sickness. We want to drive it back out of the shores of this land. We want to say what the medical professionals have predicted in terms of numbers will not happen. We want to cancel it. That those who are sick are going to recover fully. We want to stop the death. We want to stop the infection. We want to release this country from this pandemic. And that help will come from this country to other nations. Let's go ahead and pray. Masa Le gade bame supredos melion in yamaso. Le cara de baburedos gehi charite mamas. Damagedos gebre taladio tamorendos. Father, we thank you for the United States. This is a nation, one nation under God. Lord, we declare that our nation is yours. And so we stand, even as the president has asked for prayer, that we, the sons of God, we stand on behalf of this nation and declare freedom from coronavirus and every sickness. We say, Satan, lose your hand from this nation, from every state, all the provinces. We stop the spread, even among unbelievers. We say, Satan, go! The blood of Jesus is upon every doorpost, upon every state, upon every province. We stop the death. We stop the infections. We say, return back out of this land to Satan in the name of Jesus. We stop every, every, every form of, of infection. Every means of, of transmission of infection. We stop it. We declare that businesses will be reopened, schools reopened, and things will get back to normal now in the name of Jesus. We say salvation has come to this nation. 
Even as it's written, if the people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways and seek your faith. He said, you will hear from heaven and you will heal their land. So Lord, we pray together as a nation and we thank you because you hear and this land is healed. The fear is gone. The fear is gone. The fear is gone. We puncture the, 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 the spirit of fear. We drive you out. We bind you with fetus. We drive you out of this land. No more fear. The faith, faith and love begins to be propagated. We command the church to arise, to preach the word with boldness. For believers to take the opportunity to teach the truth, to show love, to bring people from darkness to light. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We believe it's done. The United States is delivered and free from the pandemic in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. 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 We give you praise, oh God. We give you praise, oh God. In Jesus' name.